So I have it on good authority that I think three out of every 10 American males this Halloween dressed up as Ted Lasso. Sounds about right. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like a Bay Area sample size, but apparently it also has it. The costume made its way to um, to D.C. (laughs) So a couple of things here. So you remember Mitt Romney, right? You may know him from his Zoom meetings where his name, or the congressional hearings over Zoom, where his name was just lowercase Mitt. No, that, that, that's how I know him, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I sent you, and hope I don't, it, please dig it up out of Instagram, but I sent you a DM with, uh, there was a press photographer who had a picture of Mitt and Kirsten Cinema in an elevator where he was giving... Uh, the shortbread biscuits to uh, quote the boss. And that was upsetting for a few reasons, but specifically there's a couple of extra bits on Twitter that make this way worse. So uh, lowercase Mitt is very active on Twitter. Mm. So there's uh, his social team made a gif of him handing cinema some biscuits and additionally, he put a Believe poster up in his office. So, but hold I, on, but, 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 but oh, there's, there's one thing I want to make sure, I want you to carefully evaluate this tweet and let me know if you can spot what's wrong with it. Um, I, I, I give up. Do you, I never watched it, but I'm culturally aware of it. Are you aware of Friday Night Lights? I am, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So in this tweet about Mitt Romney dresses Ted Lasso, he's quoting the dude from Friday Night Lights. This isn't even a Ted Lasso quote. Mm, mm. Crossing the streams in the the wrong kind of way. I mean, it's, 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 I think this is what uh, Jason Snell calls an own goal. (laughs) But yeah, this is the very worst. Um, it's also yeah. bad. Yeah, and like, also, I'm, I like. I I, I want to like truly hate it. I have to admit, part. <laughs> I mean, Mid is a is a you know problematic figure. Compli- yeah, complicated guy. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess I appreciate his Ted Lasso fandom. But do you think it's legitimate? I, it strikes me as being legitimate, yeah. But I feel like he actually thinks he is, though. Like, I think if you were to ask Mitt Romney on the inside, does he think he's the eternal optimist who sees the best in people and is... I think he would say yes. Oh, well, if that's... And, that, and, and, and his actions don't... Um, no, yeah, I don't agree with any of that. I think he thinks that, though. Mm. Um, it's very upsetting that the first four links in our notes here are, are all going to be Mitt Romney related. Let's let's make a pact. Make, with try to make sure that, that never happens again. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the sheer amount of time that he spent in the congressional building with his with staff members trying to make gifable content during what are allegedly intense negotiations well actually i mean i guess the infrastructure week negotiations are all between democrats because i don't know but is it uh, infrastructure week 
Uh, when is it not infrastructure week? <laughs> Quote, your body is like day-old rice. If it ain't warmed up properly, something real bad's going to happen. And then he also did a tweet directly to at Jason Sudeikis um, asking for approval. And I think um, Jason left him hanging. Mm. This sucks. I, <laughs> I I appreciate that you're willing to entertain it, but... Um, well, I, do like I, I am going to warn you that if you ever make me put so many Mitt Romney links in another episode, I'm going to change my Slack profile picture to that really upsetting Paul Ryan photo where he's in the He's gym. lifting weights? Yeah. So here's the thing. I actually would prefer that. <laughs> Over so my when, Can we go... This is going to be a roundabout. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to sports, but my least favorite part about iOS 15 is it shows the contact photo Ooh, it sure does yeah of, of like of slack and other messaging apps instead nice. of the app icon yep and i <laughs> no offense i really don't like your guy <laughs> um oh he's well he's not going anywhere um <laughs> i think somehow i like there's probably some hidden admin feature of this uh slack work group that i have <laughs> where i can like disable custom avatars i don't know but yeah, I, I really dislike that feature across iOS. It's not even just this specific thing. It's just, it's not, uh, it's not good. Um, and also the big screen of the Series 7 Apple Watch makes it even worse. It compounds the problem. Mm, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, and then the only, so this was, that was tangentially sports related. The other big news in sports today, mm. or, well, tomorrow, tomorrow's news today, is that um, Gerald Dempsey Posey is... Retiring from baseball. Yeah, it's going to be weird, weird um, seeing a Giants roster with him not on it. It's been like over a decade now. Yeah, I think he joined in 2009, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, yeah, during the during the playoffs, the only three names I uh, recognized were him, Brandon Belt, and one other one. Brandon Crawford. Yeah, the Brandons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, Buster gave a lot of great memories. He's a fantastic player. It's a shame that he didn't go out on a higher note. Not not necessarily related to his personal performance. He actually, I think, did quite well in the postseason. But yeah, it would have been cool if he got one more in. But alas. Great career, though. I mean, yeah. three three World Series, and anybody will take that. Well, can I... Can I give you my two? Well, I what I would not mine actually. I think that these are objectively the two greatest career achievements of Buster Posey. Like, please, yeah. Uh, the first one. Well, actually, I'm not sure it's a career achievement, but the, what sticks out in my memory is: Do you remember when Linscombe had his no hitter, or his his perfect game? It was just a no hitter, right? He didn't have a perfect game. Uh, uh, it was, was um, well, which is the one where where Buster just like just in discharges from the from home plate and just gives him like the world's biggest hug. Well, Matt Cain had a had a perfect game. Are you thinking of that, or are you thinking no. of Lincecum? Oh. Lincecum had, I think, two no hitters during his Giants run. Uh, it is this one. Come on, Chrome. Yeah. Well, that was oh, that was that, okay. That's that a was World no Series. Hitter. No, no, this was. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. That that hit. That's his um, no hitter against the Padres. So I was gonna say a San Diego no hitter. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's good. pretty good. And then the second one, which is actually the most famous achievement, 
is his uh, Toyota ad in Larkspur mm. for Pico. Driving by Pico, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think had, um, I don't think it was both uh, Crook and Kite, but I've, I've, one of them did the um, uh, the voiceover for that ad, which is pretty great. Well, I think that the most upsetting thing with all of this for me, and I, I don't remember if I've mentioned this online with you or offline or in, in any capacity with you, but I distinctly remember when he signed his 10-year contract with the Giants and thinking like, oh, yeah, that, yeah that, that's great. He'll be with the team for a long time. It's very, very upsetting that it's now been 10 years because that doesn't seem like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time just passes, and or it just never stops. Right. Mm-hmm. Except in March 2020, when time did stop there for a little while, but... In hindsight, actually, I'm 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 beginning. I feel like we will at some point as a society revisit the whole March is the longest month thing. I feel like time actually went by pretty quickly. I don't know. That's that's a hard disagree from me there, but Hmm. we'll we'll tunkle that. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. Mitt Romney. Uh. Actually, I can't. I should just delete these. Um, in terms of follow-up, this should be quick because we have a lot of main business to talk about because unfortunately a lot of UPS packages have been arriving. Um, we talk, actually, I was talking about the uh, closet leak that I had, which caused me to reevaluate whether I should even have my TiVo plugged in. Mm-hmm. And you, a few months ago, had um, switched to YouTube TV and had also retired your TiVo. And in that discussion, I mentioned that like I don't mind paying Comcast. Like I like I'm fine with my Comcast rate, and I do enjoy having a traditional video s- television subscription p- to be able to watch live sports and cable news at times. And my hope had been is like I, because Comcast has the Xfinity Stream application on iOS, and you can also access it in a browser to be able to watch live TV um, in home. Uh, you can watch all channels and out of home. With licensing agreements, you can watch most channels. But the one thing that that always bugged me is that the um, they had never brought the Xfinity Stream application to Apple TV, and I was like, just like that would be the entire solution to my problem, which is just I have one box connected to my TV, and in the limited instances where I would want to watch traditional cable, I could just open up that Xfinity app, and it'd be great. And it seems like an oversight because they make an iPhone and iPad app, and it's actually pretty good. And I, I assume it's not that hard to move it to Apple TV, but I forget what the, what was the context of this news. Well, so it, it seems like this is sort of like remember like the whole Apple Amazon thing where there was a bit of a staring match for a while where I, I the details are all a little bit fuzzy, but I think it was something to the effect of you know Amazon not getting the terms they wanted with putting like the prime video app on Apple's platforms. And then they sort of retaliated by, you know, removing Apple's hardware products from amazon.com. But then all of a sudden, you know, Amazon's apps reappeared on Apple, Apple's platform and Apple's products reappeared on Amazon. Cause there was sort of just like a, you know, an agreement made where both parties kind of got what they wanted on each other's platforms. It seems like that's sort of what's happening here too, where, you know, 
the Apple TV app's going to be on Xfinity boxes and sort of in return, Comcast is putting their stream app on Apple's platform. So it seemed like, you know, those, <laughs> those apps going on the other company's respective platform was sort of contingent on that being like a two-way thing. And so they, I guess they finally came to an agreement around that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It's it's always kind of crappy when that is how it works. I mean, because uh, Roku and YouTube or in Google in general have had recent, it's not even a carriage dispute. That's the part that's silly about it. But um, where, yeah, there's kind of this weird business negotiation to ostensibly access free content or content that a user pays for elsewhere. But yeah, I mean, it, it well, actually, hmm, maybe that, that implies that more people actually use the X1 box as something other than a DVR. Than I think I would have expected, but I I bet that's a, a surprisingly high number of people where the X one box is also their streaming box. Interesting. Um, and um so but- I guess the, the question for you is the Comcast Stream app, which is you know what you've been clamoring to come to the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Like, what exactly do you get with that? Like, is it TV? Can you can There's you no set DVR. stuff to? Okay. No, that's that's the thing where if, if they did that, like if somehow Comcast had a cloud DVR too, I would very, very much like that. But they, I, they do I will have settle a cloud DVR if you have an X1 box, right? I don't think so. I think I think they do now. X1 cloud DVR. Uh, it, yes, they do. Yeah. Well, but because like is this maybe just a re a different way they ex- explain how kind of like how tivo you can access your recordings around the house you have 151 hours of cloud dvr space if you exceed your lot. yeah so i wonder if this stream app hooks into that at all because if it does that that is pretty interesting uh, hmm okay i don't know enough about this to actually say with any certainty but i mean but again like what all, all i care about is just like can i turn on cnbc or espn and just watch whatever's live like that's that's good enough for me that allows me to retire the tivo and i'd be entirely fine with it whereas right now in the rare like i've had it unplugged for a week and a half now and it's been fine like the a couple of times i've in chrome just opened up um uh, tv.xfinity.com and it's it's worked so mm-hmm. anyway so it's super neat uh that that's coming to apple tv there's no set date on it i hope sooner rather in- than later in the coming months is what it sounds yeah. like. Okay. Same, same Again, same thing with Infrastructure Week. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we shall see. Uh, but cool. Um, before we get into the big Apple stuff, I think we've got two quickies. Let's let's, let's uh, invert invert the the pyramid here and let's let's talk about two two grab bag items and then we'll talk about all the Apple stuff. Um. Anybody, uh, you, anybody who's listened to the show for a while has known that Taco Bell and specifically Taco Bell Cantina has come up a number of times. And this mostly been something that's come up, um, as a result of you, because you have, <laughs> I don't ever understand the context, but you've always been very, very enthusiastic about the concept of, uh, weddings happening inside of a Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Anybody who lives in the Bay Area has is has known that there is a beachside Taco Bell in Pacifica, California, um, that's gorgeous and is oh has I've never actually been there and it's it's on my to do list uh, for this quarter uh, to go to that to said Taco Bell because it's go have a 
uh, Doritos Locos Taco trademark, however you pronounce that. Uh, get it, get a Crunchwrap the... Supreme. You'll, you'll be happy. So I, well, so, okay, there, I guess there's multiple layers to this then. Somebody got me a breakfast Crunchwrap Supreme mm. recently, mm-hmm. insisting that it was very good. And for various reasons, I was not able to eat it until nine hours later. Oh, no. Not, not good. I tried reheating no. it. I I, th- I put it in the microwave at 60% power for 30 seconds and then tossed it in the Breville toaster. And I felt like that was given it the most um, chance of being good. And it was not very good. So all fast food, but particularly Taco Bell, has a very short half-life. But 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 I've, but I ha- I've had... Uh, in my uh, year of road tripping, I've had Taco Bell very, very fresh twice on dares. I think most were actually related to this show, and they were never any good. I think I actually sent you a picture where uh, – actually, that, no, that was when I was at Yosemite – where apparently the hot sauce packets, like, form sentences. Like, they all have, like, uh, quippy phrases on them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's all – very bad and even when it's fresh it's not really like at least like with mcdonald's or if you go like a little step up uh, above that you go to like to super duper or something like you can you know that it's unhealthy but you still feel like it's food i feel like talk a lot of taco bell stuff is is doesn't really get that that's <laughs> being too charitable i don't know anyway and, and that's not to be to sound elitist it's just like it's just it's not the meat doesn't resemble meat <laughs> They should, have, they should have just branded it like as just done a collaboration with Beyond Meat or something, but just said like, we're not going to change anything because it technically wasn't really meat to begin with. <laughs> but well, anyway, you should <laughs> give the breakfast crunch wrap a fair shake. It's it's pretty good. Wait, sorry. I was typing a show title in and then all I heard was breakfast crunch wrap shake. And I was oh, like, no, 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 no. Don't put it. it- don't put it in a blender. I'm not not advocating for that. No, I'm saying. Well, but I, here's the thing: is I don't think like I because I know don't they have doesn't um, Taco Bell have some type of like Mountain Dew Blast Gamer slushy thing? Well, that's sort of always been Taco Bell's thing: is they have exclusive flavors of Mountain Dew, and so yeah, that what you just said sounds right to me. So then, really, what is the difference of throwing? Uh, eight ounces of Mountain Dew and a breakfast crunch wrap and a Vitamix, and then just that's their hot new item. I mean, Carlos, if if you know, you do you. That's what that's what you want to do. I'm not going to stop you. I think that's what the customers want. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, you can put a link in the show notes to this uh, SF Gate article, which um has a couple who had their wedding reception at the Pacifica Taco Bell and um. Eh, it makes for some cute pictures, but I'll, uh, yeah, would not be, yeah. It's it's pretty good, yeah. Um, and then I posted in Slack that I was thinking of upgrading my August smart lock due to, due to unreliability issues. Um, which just seems uh like a poor decision. Which is you reward something that doesn't work by buying the same thing, basically. And then because I have the August smart lock. Th- three which is which is the old one or the one that, that we both you have, have the you have the third gen that's right yeah and then there's a newer smaller one that does not require a bridge and if i remember uh correctly you were quite enamored with it or very excited about it yeah i i was super happy with it because it really is 
significantly smaller than the third gen. The um, kind of manual lock and unlock mechanism, the little kind of rotary dial thing that you turn, is much, much smoother. Um, doesn't require the the bridge, like you said. Overall, just sort of, you know, improvements across the board compared to the third gen. And, you know, the, the third gen lock for me was never rock solid, but was pretty good. You know, the, the auto unlock thing would, you know, work most of the time. The home kit integration was pretty solid. So I could, you know, ask um, the Apple assistant to lock, you know, unlock the door as I was, you know, walking up to it. If, you know, maybe I was taking the trash or something out where I didn't, you know, quite get out of range for the auto unlock thing to trigger. But then, you know, as I was walking back to the door, I didn't want to have to use the keypad. And like all that worked pretty well. And that continued to work okay with the the fourth gen lock. But in the last, I don't know, month or two, auto unlock now works, I don't know, maybe half the time. Like it's it's worse than it's ever been. And I can't get HomeKit to work at all now. I I, you know, connect it to to HomeKit. It works for maybe, you know, a couple of hours and then goes into this like no response um, status and will stay there until I like hard reset the lock. So it's what does that mean? Like I take one of the batteries out. Oh, but it doesn't mean you like have to reconfigure it in the August app or something. Well, I so I, I did try that recently. And that made no difference with either the auto unlock unreliability I've had or the the HomeKit stuff. So it's kind of got me reevaluating whether the August platform is even sort of what I what I want to be with anymore. Because there are some other smart locks that like the wire cutter and others recommend that are apparently quite a bit nicer than these August locks. So I don't know. Hmm. Okay, that's 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 a bummer, or that's yeah, that was what I was expecting. But hmm. And when you say that the auto unlock doesn't work, is that the thing where you get the little push notification that says due to a communication error or something, something, something? So it's even worse now. I just don't get anything. <laughs> it's just like it just doesn't. It just doesn't recognize that I have come home at all, and I just have to use the keypad. Because I can't get the HomeKit integration to work, can, and they have a an Apple Watch app, but that that's does always nothing. been we covered that. <laughs> that that's always been super unreliable. So, um, like that. Well, the the August Lock Apple Watch app is basically like a fire extinguisher that's just like a prop from a Hollywood movie. Like it it it, it looks like it's supposed to do something, but it does nothing. So you just throw it at the fire. So the, the one of the most confusing things about them is, um, and I'm I'm also a um, I don't think we've ever really talked about it on the show because it's not anything particularly remarkable. I'm a Simply Safe owner, and uh, uh, what's his name? Bill Simmons convinced you finally. <laughs> I don't think it was him. I, I think I heard it on some other podcast. But anyway, um, August and Simply Safe. Both have 
platforms which are, you know, not quite as reliable as you'd like them to be and has software that could use a lot of improvement. But they they both put out new versions of their iOS app like every other day. And it's always like, you know, bug fixes and performance improvements, et cetera. And like nothing's ever different. Mm-hmm. But that, that's what's so crazy about the August stuff is, you know, they've been around for years and years and years, have had four different iterations of the hardware, put out all kinds of iOS updates out on a regular basis. And it's like nothing ever changes. <laughs> so anyway. Okay. This whole episode is going to be allegories for Congress. Okay. Um, that sucks. Um, well, what's the wire? Cause the wire cutter always picks like weird, like they, they, uh, uh, we've talked about their issue of they, they err too far on price, but is it actually like a name brand or is it like the, do they pick like whatever anchors thing is like, Ooh, their, Ul- their current, their current pick is ultra Lou. Absolutely. not something I would ever put on my Well, no, but they said door according to the New York times. Uh, a small, attractive model that can be triggered multiple ways. I yeah, mean, the and- fingerprint thing is that's neat, but it, this thing's no. not a looker. That's ugly as hell. And also, yeah. the other one is from Wise, which made a bunch of uh, in-home cameras that got hacked by China last year by a botnet. This, you see, this is why you can't trust the you can, no, you can't trust the wire cutter for this. The, man, the these, three, these three picks are hmm. well, and the Schleg one. Like I've been to a lot of Airbnbs over the past eighteen months. This is the one that everybody has, and it feels feels cheap. It's fine. It feels like for an Airbnb that would be fine. But... Yeah, well, actually, yeah, this would make your house look like a rental house. Right. Yeah, the, the thumbs down to literally all three of these picks. Well, okay, that actually makes me feel marginally better about just sticking with. <laughs> with august well then. so actually so when i was tr- so actually a couple th- more things on august so i was gonna send you a screenshot but i forgot i forgot to where um i was just using i was ha- i had to open the august app because it, it it did the thing where it says there's a communication error and it wouldn't unlock the front door and then as i unlocked it afterward you know how sometimes apps will do that thing that prompt you just for feedback it's like their nps thing inside the application right it asked uh are you how satisfied are you with in parentheses null so it couldn't even <laughs> fucking ask me what product it was asking for feedback about it was vi- it was so on brand and so infuriating at the same time i was like uh this is this is so stupid it's funny um but also i did not know that august was purchased by the yale lock company so i've seen a lot of uh again some airbnbs and some like and at home depot they have a lot of prominent um placement now oh, yale locks seem Nice-ish. Yeah, I think um, Jason Snell likes his. I forget which one he has. Yeah. So, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. All right. And then actually, do you do you have strong affinity for this Wild Rivers thing, or is this more of a nostalgia play for you? If you want to give uh, 90 seconds on this, I'd... Okay, well, well, thank you for, for granting me the time here. Um, <laughs> or I will, I will invite you to, sp- to speak uh, without interruption for 90 seconds. You can do whatever <laughs> so, you want, but it's an invitation. So, so Wild Rivers was a water park in Irvine um, when, when we were kids. It was a integral part of every 
one of my summers. Um, I actually was just going through um, a box of some some things from from the house that I grew up in, and I had evidently kept all of my Wild Rivers season passes, which my sister and I got every year, and that, that was kind of you, know, you, you know, took a new picture every year and stuff. So that was kind of a little nostalgia trip, but um, but yeah, I mean, Wild Rivers was was great. It was, it was, it was the best, you know, it was, I remember like getting that season pass at the beginning of each summer and like getting your picture taken and stuff was kind of like a sign that, you know, summer was coming because you usually did it like, you know, a month or two before the the park opened. Um, And yeah, it it was great. And there's, there's been this, and well then, so I guess it in 2011, maybe closed because the um land that it was on was like i think per square foot some of the most like valuable property in the united states <laughs> and so it it got got gobbled up and got developed into housing like everywhere in irvine does and you know ever since that original park closed there's been sort of you know efforts and rumors about it being rebuilt somewhere else and it was like always one of those things that i kind of dismissed as being like yeah that'll you know never happen but sure enough it it actually is it's it's being rebuilt in the um what do they call it now the like irvine great park or orange county great park Park. Mm -hmm. yeah thing with the air balloons (laughs) (laughs) um and it you know even there was it, it, the idea of it being built or rebuilt specifically there. Like even that's been around for years and years and years. And I just thought like, yeah, you know, that that's, that's never going to happen, but it officially is. I mean, construction's happening. Season passes are being sold. It's tentatively scheduled to open in May of next year. Uh, the website, which we'll put in the notes actually has renderings of all the rides that they're going to have. Um, it's it's good stuff it's just it's neat that it's actually happening like it's it's something that i never never thought would does it ever bum me out that there's not a place like that in the bay area for uh for the housemate uh there are aren't there are water parks up here aren't there no i mean there's that, that weird like the discovery kingdom in vallejo or whatever like there's not i'm not really sure there is well, I mean, you know, we're we're down in Irvine a few times a year. So when she's a little bit older, there'll be a a trip to Wild Rivers. Uh, on the Wild Rivers site, I did not know that they were the uh, largest youth employer, like in Southern California. That's kind of interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and then yeah. I guess maybe the, the last note is um, even when it seemed like, you know, this was actually going to happen. I kind of had very modest expectations thinking that, well, maybe it's just going to be sort of like smaller than the original park was. And it may, like just maybe it was going to be just, I don't know, kind of half-assed, but that doesn't seem to be the case at all. Like looking through this website, it actually seems like this is going to be a bigger park with like more stuff than the original one had. So yeah, it seems like they're doing it right. Yeah, cool. Um, and then your your uh your thing about the season passes just uh, to circle back with a joke. Uh, summer is coming as if uh 
Game of Thrones taking place in Australia. Hmm. Well, you'll be you'll be happy to know that. Um, so you know there are season passes. There are also day passes. But adults sixty two and older are free. So there you go. Hmm. Seems like it should be the reverse where they increase it with the retirement age. But anyway. <laughs> uh, that's neat. Well, because again, they're. they're <laughs> I mean, more power to any 65 year old that's riding the rides because th- that I, I assume that's why they're able to do it, which is they're just they're just lounging and watching the grandkids. So that's right. cool. Yeah. All right. Apple stuff. Uh, yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna let you drive for this because I think this is be mostly you. All right. Well, I guess we can start with some follow up before we get into the new stuff. So last week, I had some apprehensive apprehension about the new AirPods. They didn't, they didn't make a great first impression, I think is what I said. They're, they're good now. After, after, a week, <laughs> after a week with them, I think you even sort of suggested this. Like, I'm, I'm getting used to the way they fit. In some ways, I might even prefer this to the original AirPods. Still don't really love the way they feel when you pull them out of the case. That still feels a little fiddly to me, but based on what you've said about the AirPods Pro, it sound like sounds like that's just sort of part of this design. And I'm, you know, getting used to that part too. Uh the sound quality is objectively better than um the previous gen AirPods. I mean, we talked last week about the spatial audio thing, like you can kind of take or leave that. But when you're just, you know, listening to a podcast or even listening to music in non-spatial audio, I mean, the sound quality is is clearly better. I mean, these things are still not, you know, what you would call high-end headphones or anything, but but they do sound a lot better. Um, so yeah, I af- after a week of living with them, um I'm I'm no longer considering, you know, hoarding a bunch of <laughs> second gen AirPods and and sticking with those. I I I do I do like this new design. Just took a little bit of getting used to. Yeah, nobody likes change, but um it's cool that you came around to them. And I'm sorry, did you did you touch upon the um I knew the biggest one of the biggest things you don't like was the the squeezy bits where how you control audio. Sorry, did you cover that? I didn't cover that, but that was something else I meant to bring up. I yeah, dislike I dislike that less now. I still okay. don't think it's great. I still kind of wish I had the option of doing the old kind of tap gesture, but I I at least I feel like I'm at a point where I can do the little squeezy button thing without feeling like I'm gonna pull the AirPod out of my ear. So yeah, it's it's okay. Got it. Cool. Um, and I guess the other product um, mini review or whatever that I have is I got my Apple Watch Series Seven this week. Showed up a day early. Had been tracking for yesterday the second, but showed up on the first. Um. So I guess as a as a recap, I got the um titanium space black watch, which Apple now calls the edition watch. So you can you can get into the 
addition branding now for um, less than the original, <laughs> what was it, $12,000 or whatever the original uh, gold Apple Watch was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really, really nice. I, um, really like the titanium finish. Like this is something pretty new for me. Like I, every Apple watch I've ever had has just been the, you know, aluminum, you know, what they used to call sport version. And the, the titanium finish is, is it's just noticeably nicer like i think you've talked about this with the stainless steel finish like it's just it just feels and looks a lot nicer and the the titanium definitely is that way um real the, quick the yeah because i during when the when titanium came out i think last year is the first or as the first year that they had it available what's the what's the weight difference compared is it as light as the aluminum or lighter or heavier or what's how what's how does that feel so it's a little bit of an apples to orange comparison um to to the you know like series six and below because you know the the i think it i think the device even though it's you know it is a matter of the bezels shrinking a bit isn't the watch still a little bit bigger slightly but not really yeah um so i mean i when i took the new watch out of the box. I mean, the, the, one of the first things I did notice was like, Oh yeah, this really does like have some heft to it. Um, but, and yeah, I kind of like, you know, I held my, you know, SE in one hand and then the series seven in the other hand and the series seven is noticeably heavier, but I, but like heavier, not necessarily in a bad way. It just, it feels a little bit more substantial. But I do think that the titanium is lighter still than the stainless steel. So I think in terms of like weight, it's, you know, aluminum, titanium, stainless. And then in terms of color, I'm looking at, because when you mentioned that, I did not remember that space black was what they were calling the dark titanium. And again, on the website, the color, it looks very, it looks, it looks space gray What's well, the so on the on person? the website, it yeah, on the website it looks like kind of the um, brownish gray graphite color that they've had on the iPhone for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. But in person, it's much much darker, and it just just looks black. Hmm. Um, it which you know, it, it's it's weird because I mean we talked about this on the show. I had not seen any mention of the titanium color looking any different than it did, you know, for the Series 6. And I know that for the Series 6, the titanium did not look like the graphite color on the iPhone. Like, I knew it was a lot darker than that. And yeah, it, it is. It's much, much darker in person than it looks on the website. And, lo- and it looks really nice. Um, and then obviously, you know, the, the big difference with the series seven is, is the screen size. Um, I think upgrade mentioned this and it, it's totally spot on where when you first turn the watch on, you don't necessarily notice, especially, you know, if you're coming from a, from a 44 millimeter watch, but then that first time that you go to input your passcode and the little, you know, number digits come up. 
that's where you go, oh yeah, wow, <laughs> this screen, this screen is, you know, noticeably bigger. Um and I think, you know, you and I have sort of um we've pulled the mic and Jason in the sense that, you know, I want the biggest screens possible and you want <laughs> kind of the smallest screens possible. I want the smallest screen, appropriately sized screen. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, you know, as a iPhone, you know, Pro Max user, I, I really, really like the the bigger screen of the watch. I think even things like notifications look so much better. The one thing I will say though, and I've I've seen and heard this in other places as well. Apple really hasn't done a whole lot in watchOS to take advantage of the bigger screen size. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and you really can actually even carry that back to the transition from, you know, 42 to 44, where they've done a little bit around the edges, but but not, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, no pun intended, mm-hmm. um, but n- I don't. I don't really feel like they've taken advantage of the bigger screens to their fullest extent. Like I do feel like with the additional processing power that's come on the Apple Watch over the years, along with the bigger screen size, it does feel like, in a lot of ways, the Apple Watch is still kind of, from a software standpoint, stuck where it was. You know, when it was first launched. And it feels like watchOS is is maybe due for a bit of a like an iOS seven moment, but in a you know better way. That I, that I would kind of disagree with, because um, what is it? WatchOS eight? What's the mm-hmm. current version? They they've made a decent number of changes to it, and I actually <laughs> kind of dislike most of them. Like I really don't like the the changes they made to the timer app, uh, one that I use a lot. Eh, I mean, I'm not sure what else they can do with it because they, they've like, do you remember when the series one came out or like the original and like how, when you swiped up from the bottom, you got glances and like, they used to be super like laid leaned and really heavy into the honeycomb screen. And like over the years they've iterated and refined it and made it a little bit better. And they've added some kind of like, I guess, extraneous or maybe not critical features like the the noise alerts and the the hand-washing stuff and stuff like that. But I think it's kind of as good as it can be. But I like, I get the place that I would really give a, a, like give some knocks for it are the watch faces where it seems like every generation there's whatever one or two new watch faces they're going to use as all the marketing imagery. And those are the ones that get the attention and then everything else just stays there. Like when the series four, what's the one when they went from forty two to forty four? Um, that was what three years ago. Yeah, so the four probably right, because the five was I just the so. four with an always on display. Yeah, that that's the one where they invent or they made all like the they made such a big deal out of like the infograph watch faces and corner complications, and. Like it feels like that's all that they've done. Like to the point where I've stuck with the, I think it was just called modular, as like the watch face, and it's basically the original one that all that that shipped with the watch. That was like the only one that had digital time and just basic, like, complications on it. And that I feel like looks kind of ridiculous on the big screen. So I guess 
when you set yours up and restored from backup, obviously, how did you have thoughts on how your current watch, like did the screen size cause you to want to change the way your, the watch face you restored worked? Did you think it looked better on a bigger screen? What, what was that about? It, I mean, it, it looks the same. I'm using exactly the same watch face as I did before the, the infograph modular one that I've used forever. And it, it is, it's really the watch face that I think is, is exhibit a of what I'm talking about around them just not really taking advantage of the bigger screen size like this, the way that this watch face works, I don't, I don't see any difference compared to how it worked, you know, on a 44 millimeter watch which just seems like a, a bit of a missed opportunity. Hmm. Interesting. So, then um, we'll- But, you know, but I, I mean, that's, it, you know, outside of that, I, I really, I, I, I really like the series seven. Um, and yeah, I, <laughs> my, I guess my opinion is a little bit skewed by the fact that, um, you know, I, I was temporarily on an SE there for a little while. So, I am getting like the always on screen back. I'm getting cellular back. I'm I'm getting some things back that I, <laughs> you know, if I didn't bust up my series six, I would have just had straight through until I got my series seven. But it is nice having cellular back and, you know, the always on display, I I think is, I don't think it's a need to have necessarily, especially with the way that Apple's kind of implemented it and uses it. But, but it, it is, it's nice to be able to glance down and, and see the time. Um, I've got a couple of other small things. If you'll grant me some more time here, of course. Um, so I configured mine with the midnight leather link band. And I guess I I could also point out too, and I think we talked about this on the show that the edition versions of the watches also, no matter which band you pick also come with a sport band, which I mean, I kind of a nice little surprise, I guess. Um, and what, what's unique about the sports band is is that they are, um, or at least the metal parts of them are color matched to the watch. And the one that comes with the space black um, titanium watch is a it's a really nice sort of like light gray color, and then it's got kind of the dark metal fastenings on it. it it's it's really really nice. Um. The Midnight Leatherlink band, I I think I like it, but it does make me glad that I didn't opt for the Midnight Colored Aluminum Watch, mm-hmm. because it, it really is just a tiny bit too blue. Like, the, the Apple's website makes it look like it really especially if you look at like the leather link midnight band on their website, it really does just look black, but in person it's not in person. It definitely does have kind of a bluish hue to it, especially if you hold it up next to something that is just like a pure black color. So I, I I don't, I don't dislike it. I, I actually, I think it's kind of neat, but I am glad that it's just on a band that I can, you know, take off and and not be wearing all the time like if if my watch was that color i don't think i would love that well yeah man and i think that's kind of been 
your philosophy for the entire time, which is that you can you can have expressiveness through various watch bands, but the watch itself, even though it might be fun to have a green or a red one, is maybe a step too far. Right, right. Um, or it, it's, it lacks versatility. Exactly. Uh, st- still two thumbs up for the Leatherlink band. That's a It's a fantastic band. I mean, like all of Apple's bands, it's, you know, probably about 30% more expensive than it should be, but mm. it it's... Just but it's 30? Well, yeah, I'm probably being a little kind there. It but it's it's really really nice. Um and yeah, the, you know the midnight color is is novel, which it it's it's more interesting than than just a plain, you know, black um finish. So, you know. That's that's kind of neat. Um two sort of I guess like pro tips related to the Apple Watch. So the first is one that you and I talked about offline, which is you know, the iPhone setup experience and particularly kind of the iPhone upgrade experience used to be pretty poor. Like, you know, transferring everything from one iPhone to another used to be kind of a clumsy, unintuitive process. And Apple has done a lot of work over the last few years to make that process better. It's still not perfect, but it's gotten pretty good. They have not made those same investments on the watch (laughs) where the watch setup process and the you know even just sort of like knowing how to upgrade from one watch to another like there's just there's no sort of intuitive way to know how to do that um but kind of the best practice is to unpair your current watch because what that does is it actually makes a backup of your of your current watch. So it you know, saves all your watch faces, your settings, etc. And then when you go to set up the new watch, just like with the iPhone, you have the option of restoring from a backup. Well, on the Apple Watch, which I think is something that you ran into, and it's something that I ran into as well, if the watch that you previously had, which you, you know, unpair to make a backup of if it's on a newer version of watch os say watch os 8.1 instead of 8.0 then that backup doesn't show up when you go to pair your new watch which has Mm -hmm. a you know slightly older version of watch os and there's no you know there's no prompt there's no error message there's no, you know, notification to tell you how to resolve it. It's just literally the backup just doesn't show up. <laughs> and the solution could not be any more clumsy. Like what you have to do is set up the new watch as a new watch, update it to the latest version of watchOS, unpair it, pair it again, and then that time you should then see the backup of, of your old watch. And you'll also see a backup of your new watch that you just unpaired. <laughs> um, so very kind of, again, clumsy and unintuitive. But that, that is the way to um, ultimately um, restore from a backup that maybe you can't originally see. And maybe actually thinking back on when I did it, maybe you actually don't see a duplicate backup from your new watch. Maybe it does just show the old watch, but in any case, it's still a, it's, it's not an ideal process. 
Yeah, ran into the same thing, and that that was weird. And the only and again, I I I don't necessarily have that much of a complaint about this, but just it. The problem is that once you identify this and you find and you, you, like you told me that was a solution, it's that just watch software updates take so fucking long. Well, they do. That, yeah, the the whole pairing and unpairing and updating process like that it it does take a fair bit of time. Yeah. Well, so you do that, but then you have to, so then you set it up blank so you can do the software update and then you wait for that to download to the watch, which in and of itself takes like 35 minutes. Then you wait for it to uninstall, then you unpair it and then you repair it. And like, like not that it's active time, but like doing that literally takes two hours. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Uh, so anyway, that, that's kind of the, the trick to be able to see, um, a backup which maybe is initially missing when you're setting up your new watch and then the other little um tip that i have which actually i found out when i was buying the series 7 originally is um i'm someone now who is interested in having um apple care <laughs> on my watch it will su- probably not surprise you to hear that and there is a kind of a cool option that you have with apple care where Instead of paying, I think it's like one forty nine up front. It's a subscription. Yeah, it's a service. It's a service. service. Uh Because you know, my my hesitation with that is, I think I think that price is like a two year plan. And you know, as somebody who upgrades their Apple Watch every year, I'd be paying for you know two years of coverage on a watch that I only plan on having for a year, which is not ideal. But this other option that came up when I was checking out was instead of paying that one forty nine for two years, you can instead just pay five bucks a month and you can, you know, just cancel it at any time. And so I'm I'm doing that and it's great because then, you know, over the course of a year, I'll pay well less than that one forty nine and, you know, I still get the coverage that I want. So that's that's kind of neat. How much is it monthly for the watch? Uh, five bucks. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's not terrible. No, no. I, I, and I think, I think it's one of those things where, you know, if, if something happens to your watch, you, I think just get like a new watch on the spot or like at least you get a loaner while yours is being repaired. Like you're basically, you're not without a watch at any point, which, you know, that's, that's nice. Yeah, cool. So, so yeah, well, uh, over, overall, um, really, really happy with the Series 7. And, you know, it, it is a bit of a, as Jason Stell would say, kind of treat yourself um, with going with the addition. But, and I mean, you I don't have to tell you, you've been advocating for me to get one of the nicer watches for, for a while. Um, and yeah, it, it, it does really, it feels like a more premium product, having a different finish. Other than the aluminum. And all it took was for Apple to eliminate choice and force you into the other thing. <laughs> because again, you probably had had space gray been available, you would have just been fine with it, right? Probably. I mean I definitely have been tempted by like the stainless steel in the past. So I, I don't know. Never say never, but but yeah, I may have just I may have just done the the space gray aluminum again if that was a choice. Cool. 
Um, so, so I got I pass the baton to you here because you've got a oh, 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 fancy hold on, hold fancy on, new hold laptop. On, hold on, mm. hold on. So, what? Well, there's a um, oh, there's something that needs to be talked about beforehand. So, hold on, let me go back in the Slack. Um, okay. So, uh, with with the watch specifically, there's one feature that I discovered. Uh, this, this new in watch. This is not necessarily with the specifically new Apple Watch, but it's maybe a WatchOS eight feature. Have you seen that after you finish a workout, there is a like a, a notifications catch up feature that says while you are in fitness, and then it just delivers all the notifications that were snoozed or not delivered while you were running or doing whatever. So I, I've been meaning to talk to you about this because I do get that when I'm in you know, do not disturb, or if I'm in, um, the sleep focus that I have set up. So like when I wake up in the morning and turn that off, I get the, you know, Hey, here's all the notifications that you would have seen overnight, but with workouts, notifications just come through like they normally do. So have you set up like a fitness focus? I never intend to use that focus feature. I feel like it's a waste of space and control center. Um, no, I've just, I, 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 maybe it was a setting the first time they ever, maybe when the Apple watch came out, but no, like I, my watch goes into do not, or my phone and watch go into do not disturb anytime I'm in a workout. Interesting. Maybe that's just mine, a I set a long mine time ago. Does, mine does not. I'm going to, I'm going to Google search this while you, while you explain what this is. Oh no, just when you, when you, when you're, when I'm in a workout for whatever reason, I, again, maybe something I set up a long time ago. Um, yeah, it, all it doesn't, notifications don't come through unless it's like, I think well, like one of those repeated phone calls or something. Um, and then, yeah, I, I ended a, like a two mile walk and then it's it, immediately after when it's showing your summary of like distance and calories and stuff, it also, it just showed like the four notifications I'd missed while I was doing that. Not that yeah, like, that's pretty cool because otherwise, unless you go to your phone or you look at like the, the red dot at the top of when you go back to the to the primary watch face you maybe wouldn't know so yeah i thought that was neat good quality of life upgrade hmm yeah i i'm 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 still i'm still not sure how how you've turned this on though i I, there's nothing obvious that i can find Uh, hold on let me go to watch stall for time Oh, hmm. how to enable workout do not disturb settings. Oh, yeah, it is. It's on the watch. You if you go into settings, do not disturb, and workout do not disturb is a um option. Yeah. Although uh, is this is this this is this an outdated because they do they even call it do not disturb anymore? I'm actually looking on my watch now. Yeah. Oh, it's it's called focus. Wait, is the moon now Fo- focus? Fo- well, no. The moon is do not disturb, which is a focus mode. Oh, so turn on automatically. Well, no, that's just like that's just a schedule. I'm sure, um, listeners are loving this. Yeah. No, this is this is good. Um, this is good good content here. Um, 
mirror my iPhone. Yeah, I don't, huh. With a workout, workout app, anything in here? Huh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, some many years ago I set that up and actually kind of like it. I mean, I've, I've never actually noticed it, but I mean, I, it, you, you don't notice it because you notice it because you don't. So, <laughs> um, and then this will go into, so I had been, so going, moving on to the iPhone, I had been kind of not underwhelmed or just didn't really care about the iPhone 13 to the point where I hadn't ordered one. And I was like, Hey, you know, what? if I, if I ever happen upon one or if I open up, if I'm open the app, uh, the Apple store app and it happens to be available and isn't like a one month back order, eh, fine, I'll get one. So yesterday there was a 13 Pro in Sierra Blue available, and yeah, I upgraded my phone, and it's fine. This phone is entirely fine. <laughs> I think, so I, I don't have a lot to say here. There are, I guess, two observations I'll make. The camera is a regression, mostly, for me. Okay, tell tell me more because I I feel like I might feel the same way. I so here's the thing, I last year I don't know what switch flipped, but I had I started using the two X camera much more because I didn't like the distortion that you get when you use what's the 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 standard wide lens, which is the mimicking the equivalent of a twenty eight millimeter, which has enough distortion that I don't like the way it looks if i have more control about the framing and i would been using the 2x a lot more which is closer to a 50 and now i really don't like i don't i don't know who is being served by a 3x lens it's not enough reach for something that's far away and it's way too much for indoor spaces so uh, the reason i don't like the camera is one like the the camera cutout especially on the 13 pro is just too gosh darn big and it's, it sticks out pretty far, but yeah, the three X lens is a, is a down. It's like a huge downgrade over the, over the two X. The, I will say that the standard lens is better. Like in, it, it's, it's a little bit less grainy in indoor light. I like, I mean, I think overall, like the colors seem slightly more accurate. I haven't played with that because I've only had it for a day with the, um, what's it called? Creativity styles or something something like that yeah yeah but yeah like i mean i it it's fine like i literally never use the ultra wide so that the fact that that sucks less now like i i don't care but yeah the telephoto sucks like i mean like who 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 needs a 3x nobody oh what are your thoughts why 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 did you why 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 do you feel that it's not good well so this is a little bit more a little bit of a complicated answer, I guess, in the sense that I, f- I f- just feel like the overall quality of photos that I've been getting from the 13, especially in low light situations, hasn't been as good as I would expect or like as good as I remember even like my iPhone 12 being able to do. And I actually just did this the other day where I went into my photo library and just like looked at some like you know pictures from like my iphone 12 and maybe even some from like my 11 (laughs) and i think i think maybe you'll appreciate this like what i found was like oh actually wait no these pictures don't look as good as i remember them either 
and I, I think because I've just you know, I've been using the fancy camera a little bit more, I think I'm just starting well, you to know what good pictures should look like. Yeah, like I think I'm just starting to get spoiled by that. They're just they're so even just something as simple as the fact that they're so much higher resolution than the iPhone photos are. Gonna disagree. So so because that's that's the rumor that's coming out with maybe next year's phones is that they're gonna because they've stuck with twelve megapixels since the iPhone five. But it's not the resolution of them. It's just the quality of the image. Where if you look at the, like, even if you went and bought the uh, Sony A7S three, which is their camera that's made for extreme low light and video, I think the photos it outputs are only 12 or 18 megapixels. So even though the resolution is the same, like, it's it's not that. Like, if, if you flatten out, like, a photo that I take at 61 megapixels down to 12 or your 24 down to 12... Like it looks, it's it's not the resolution. It's just that when you look at a full size iPhone picture, no matter how much, uh, what's it called deep fusion? What's the thing where they they it like you take a picture and then you wait like three seconds and like there's sort of more detail there now. Yeah, I I don't know if they still use that deep fusion term, but I think that's a, at least originally what it was called. It was like sweater mode. Wasn't that what people jokingly called yeah, it? Yeah, but, but like you see that phenomenon where you take a picture and then if you just wait a little bit longer, it looks different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times the original one looked better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like that's the stuff I like app, like the iPhone camera is actually very good for what it is. And it does a lot to try to make the most usable and uh, inoffensive <laughs> like like it it does what it can to make a photo that's uh gonna please the most people even if ultimately that maybe makes for a worse photo i don't know like it just i i i think this so the standard camera on the 13 pro is better not a ton better but it's better um but yeah the th- the 3x is worse but i i, I but i am proud where that, that you have found that you dislike older phone photos because you um have have you, you like you're you're doing more with the the dedicated stuff so yeah that, that's right. good yeah um sorry did, did you say that you are actually using one of the different modes in that whole like creativity no no i am page? not mm-hmm. that's what i was gonna say like i've only had the i i picked up this phone uh in in the mission or in, in the marina last night at eight o'clock i've had it for like I've I've used it actively for like four hours, so mm. yeah. And I spent my entire evening relogging back into fucking everything. Um, I still don't I don't I don't trust the phone to phone transfer thing. When you set this one up, did you do the phone to phone or did you do the iCloud? So, the past few years, I've done the the, the whole iCloud backup thing, and that's that's been fine. Because of Gruber raving about it, I, I tried the whole phone to phone thing because I I did like the idea of maybe having to re-enter fewer of my passwords, and I, I didn't really mind the fact that it you know takes quite a bit longer to actually start being able to use your new phone compared to an, an iCloud backup restore. But I, th- I think maybe we talked about this on the show. Like I, I didn't notice any difference in terms of the number of apps that. I had to log into like I I had to re-log into basically everything again. <laughs> so like okay. even like the very first app I um opened was Gmail. Had to log into that. I think I, ma- maybe Slack I didn't have to re-log into whereas 
real quick before you get too far on Gmail, do you do you use multiple Gmail or Google based applications on your phone? No, just okay. just Gmail. I I really dislike this new thing that Gmail is doing where because you have two factor set up on your Gmail account, right? Yes. They're doing this thing where they won't let you use your two factor authentication app. They feel that hey, if they're logged into a Google app on some mobile platform that they send a push notification inside an app on a different device, whether it's online or not. And there's no way to get around it and just type in your two-factor code. I don't know. It's the same thing with Slack where they keep trying to do, like, there's so many services where they try to email you a link rather than just letting you use your password, which I don't really know how that's more secure. Uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, continue. Um, but yeah, no, I, I did the phone-to-phone backup and to me the results were the same as an iCloud restore so it's kind of like two different ways to get to the same place the but the phone to phone restore it does take longer for you to be able to use your new phone but once you can it's it's pretty much ready to go whereas with the iCloud backup you can start using your new phone pretty quickly but it's still doing a lot of things in the background it's still downloading all your photos again it's still reinstalling all your apps again etc whereas the phone to phone transfer you know maybe it has to do some app install stuff but like all your pictures are there and it's 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 in a much more kind of finalized state once you can start using it so you know not much of a difference either way got it and yeah so the camera is worse Kind of. I mean, again, yeah, it's just a 3X lens. But what I will say is I I strongly dislike ProMotion on iPads. I like it on the phone. It's nice. It's nice. Mm -hmm. Just like uh, opening an app and just like some of the quick animations that you maybe didn't realize were stuttery before or just kind of like you you just didn't see all the frames. Like, it is nice. I don't know. Like, it's it's not a a must-have feature, but it's nice. Yeah, and also I don't like that this phone's heavier. You, between the, I, I assume it's maybe even more pronounced on the Pro Max. It is like a good it's heavy. ounce heavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's it's a little, little yeah, I don't, don't love it. Yeah. It's fine, but I do, like I was actually thinking like because I dislike the camera that much, I was like, maybe I won't keep it, but I, I like the screen. And I like, yeah, having, this, I like having a fresh sense. battery. Yeah, true. Yeah, anyway. That is that is God, that, that's actually that you know I kind of buried the lead a little bit with the AirPods. That has been <laughs> probably my favorite thing this first full week of using the new ones. Is it's it's so nice to be able to you know make it through large chunks of the day with not without having to pop pop those back in the case to charge. Because yeah, the the battery on my my old AirPods was <laughs> not not in a great spot. It's pretty low bar, but yeah. Yeah, that passes. Um, actually, a couple of other iPhone-related things. Um, go back to the thing. Oh yeah, I, this came up a couple of weeks ago, but I don't think we ever talked about it on the show. There is one other nicety in the recent software update in iOS 15, where, and actually, well, so this is a mixed bag where I dislike a lot of the ways iOS 15 has changed notifications. Where if like in Do Not Disturb, if you get a notification, like it it now labels certain apps notifications like time sensitive there's a whole lot of stuff that i don't fully understand about it but one thing that you have now is if you get a notification like if you ever get an app that you're like i want you to be able to send me notifications but you're you're being a little bit greedy right now you can 
or also like let's say you're in a messages thread or like if you're just like kind of busy and you just don't want slack to annoy you for a little bit you can uh swipe right to left on a notification tap on options and you can without having to go into settings and look for super buried deep down settings you can mute an app's notifications for an hour which is great it's a feature that i've been asking for for a really long time and i think that's absolutely delightful yeah that's that's neat um it it does illustrate just how fiddly notifications still are though oh you betcha like that whole the whole experience of setting up and managing notifications needs to be so much better than it is Mm -hmm. cool all right um well, come on. We we gotta get we gotta get to the the main event here. What are, what are you doing? Why I've, you, why I've only you... had I've only had it for a day and a half, and it's fine. Uh, this this is good. We're gonna push this till next week, mostly. Mm, okay. Um, so I will. But real quick to trademark something that apparently is a, uh, something that I coined and nobody else has used yet. Uh, the new laptops are called the MacBook Pro. Yeah. Um, how has how has nobody else mentioned that? Oh, just crushing it. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good computer. Oh, actually, let me send you a, so there's one thing that I've been, this was my biggest pain point, and I, right before we started recording, I put this on YouTube, so the, don't, don't put a link to this in the show notes, because I'm going to delete it in a second, but, um, go back to, there we go, so click that, what, what's, what's the, what's the, what's that phrase, like, cute, but might delete later, or something, is that, is that what's happening here? Look at you trying to be a Gen Zer. Um but yes, that is a thing. Um okay. Wait, so what happened here? I gotta watch it again. Is are you are you comparing like whoa shoot, commercial. What happened? You don't have YouTube premium? No. How do you get a commercial after a fourteen second video? Jeez. Um So this is actually so this is so less com- bad than it normally is, where because normally it takes like like a full like ten seconds for the, my MacBook Pro old one to like have a usable desktop when you haven't used it in a few hours. Mm-hmm. So this one took about six seconds, but I used it earlier that morning. And w- the new one, yeah, hadn't used it since last night. And flip open the lid immediately on Touch ID. A quarter of a second later, it's ready to go. Yeah, it's that's pretty great. That's that's the biggest quality of life thus far. Basically, like setting up the new computer, installing Dropbox, having it download 300 gigabytes of files, and having it do all the stuff. Where like, whenever I get a new computer, I generally I will do a, a super duper backup onto an SSD, but I will actually just install everything manually. And I just find that's like a nice time to get rid of some cruft. And I generally don't get new computers that often, so it's not a big deal. Um, like all that stuff, like Dropbox is like just a terrible application that just takes up so many resources and it makes your fans spin up for no reason. And you're just like, why are you using two entire CPU cores for, for, to do, to sync a couple of Excel sheets? Like, what are you doing? And I haven't heard the fans on this computer at all the entire time. And I've been doing nothing but using it like a ton, the battery life uh no exhaustive tests thus far but like was using it for a couple of hours last night and in that time 
I used 11% of the battery, where if that had been the Intel Mac, it would have been at 50%. So it, it seems like a good computer. Have you played around in Lightroom at all? <sighs> no, but the problem, because I don't think I want to. I think I'm going to try to avoid using it as a as a, as a photo. Oh, computer. so that you see so that you don't feel compelled to throw your what am I going to do? Out your yeah. <laughs> like so so like what am I going to because I can't like I've been used to like using a 27 inch screen for years. Am I all of a sudden going to be like oh well this is faster on a 14 inch screen, but then it's going to be way worse and there's no good external displays. So hmm. I don't know. The next time I travel or I do something around the next time it snows at Yosemite and I'll go down there, then I'll I'll see if that ends up being a good mobile workstation but the one thing i did try when i was installing creative cloud uh that also is another application that normally would just just even installing like premiere or all those um uh like there's like 10 applications that you, that come with that you install them and you just do an update and to see how the fans spin up and it's doing stuff for then you just don't really know why so that no issues on this computer i opened up lightroom it's it's sure it's an empty catalog, but it opens in like two and a half seconds. Or even on my eight core i nine iMac or whatever the hell it says, it takes like ten seconds. It's just I don't I don't want to I don't want to use it and then have it and know that it could be so much faster on my desktop. Because <laughs> you were trying to talk me out of it, where I'm like, why don't I just buy another fourteen inch MacBook Pro and try to find some monitor for it? Not not the XDR, of course, but. I don't know. I I think you just gotta you gotta hang tight. How long? I already waited this long for this this gosh dang MacBook Pro, which I'll, I'll like which agreed it's very good, but I I would be surprised if we don't get a new big iMac by WWDC. I'd even be surprised if it was that long. Yeah, it's a long time though, because it's 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 still March twenty twenty. That's a callback joke. <laughs> um. Anyway, there, there'll be a lot more once I've used this computer for real. Like I haven't actually taken it, uh, taken it, Jesus, taken it outside my house. So, yeah, I don't know. Like if it's not too rainy this weekend, maybe I'll go try to take some pictures somewhere and try to do some like work in a park, and we'll see how it is as a mobile Lightroom thing. But overall, I, the biggest things: instant on touch ID seems much nicer. Um. Yeah, I do think the notch is going to be the the mm, we'll 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 get to it. But I I did already find that a very common application it has, and that's the, the screenshot that I put in Slack where you just get the, you just get one menu item just hanging way way back over there. Um, it's so it's so funny how in screenshots they the the notch doesn't show. Up. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? They're like, are they going to black it out? I think they should. Yeah. You think it's more intellectually honest? I just think it makes more sense. I think who? it's weird to take a screenshot and just the screen doesn't look the same. Well, if somebody t- has a sticky note on their computer and you take a screenshot, it doesn't put the sticky note on there. It's <laughs> it's not it's not your best analogy. It is. You you have your I don't know, your your NetSuite login or whatever and you just have it sticky noted to your computer. That's all. It's all <laughs> <laughs> password 1236969 or whatever. Yeah, spot on. Um do do you not you don't have bartender? I do have bartender. 
I, I told I you, I, I, no, no offense, but, but I, I, there's no way that you, that I, I'm sure I told you about bartender, but I, I don't see, I don't see bartender in the screenshot that you Hold sent on, me. Let me, I'll send you an up to date. Did you not, did you just not have it installed at the time you sent me the screenshot? Correct. So, mm, okay. Oh, so that, and that's my main point is that I don't like, um, sorry, I'm talking off mic and I'm not supposed to do that. Um, I I had not upgraded to Big Sur, and most of my annoyances with this computer are the fact that I dislike the way uh, Big Sur and Monterey work, and um, mm. it's just overdue for all those changes. So let me send that over. It's good. Good radio here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what? what Dan Benjamin used to say, theater of the mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, still isn't sent yet. That's weird. Anyway, but I do have bartender set up now. And, oh, shit. Well, that's why it didn't work, because it's in the wrong channel. <laughs> <laughs> Is it in your private channel? Yes. God nice. Nice. Um, but no, I have bartender set up now. But the problem is that Big Sur has, like, these huge, like, the spacing on... Like, if they knew they were going to ship a computer with a notch where things might overflow into the next screen, why would you make an update where all the menu bar items are spaced out way further than they were on any other version of OS X before it? That seems weird as heck. But no, I do have Bartender installed, and that is a good way to remove a lot of cruft. But yeah, like I only have four menu bar items. Like I'm not like a, a Casey that needs like a bandwidth monitor and like a CPU tracker or something. And Still, like, I mean, it kind of gets fairly close to the notch. What is what does having your name up in the menu bar do? Uh, it allows you to switch between users. Like, I have a separate user account where sometimes when I want fewer distractions. Mm, got it. Yeah, it's like, you know, again, I'm a vain person. I like how many up there. Did you did you I'm take joking. this photo? I did take that photo. Nice. Thanks. So anyway, it's 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 good. Battery life's good. Screen the screen quality is great. That that was one of the biggest complaints about the other one is that the just the colors were wrong. One thing that I don't know how to fix or deal with is that I don't want to turn True Tone off entirely, but I really wish there was a way to scale how aggressive it is. Why don't right, you want to turn it off? Color accuracy. But I thought. True tone messes with color. No, no. I what I'm saying is I like it sometimes. Like right now, my screen looks very yellow on my on like to my yeah, left. Yeah, right. And I kind of like that. But like sometimes that's nice. But like I don't know. I'll I'll oh I'll, I can't I can't stand true tone. That's ugh. even on your phone. No, it, it no way. No, it's that's oh I off. ooh I I on phones and tablets do it on computers no. It's been it's been a long time. It's been a long time since I've turned True Tone on my phone. I'm gonna do that now. Well, Again, no, but, but now really you're good. But, um, but now you're looking for it, and you're gonna be so off put. You're gonna be like, "What? what why does this look like a speakeasy in the 1940s or something?" No, this is this is terrible. Why? Why would you want this? I'm turning this off. But on on the Mac, I do wish there was a way to have it be less aggressive with it. So I'm I'm gonna experiment with it. And again, for color accuracy, I will probably end up turning it off. But um. Yeah, it's, I, I wish you could you could scale it down a few notches. 
Anyway, overall, good I, I guess I guess I see what you're saying. Like maybe you want true tone, like during the day. No, no, <laughs> because like... you can schedule it. That's a, that's a feature called night shift. I just mean I want it to do whatever it was going to do, but not be as aggressive as it's being right now. Where like my IMAX screen and my and the laptop next to me look very very different. And the, and the well, laptop that, that's very... that's another area where I think true tone breaks down. Which is if you have true tone on every single device you use, maybe it starts to make a little more sense or look more natural. But like for me, as somebody who's you know never gonna have, well, I never say never, I guess, but like who's who's not gonna have true tone true tone displays across the board for at least a very long time, you know, like for me, even just now looking at my phone and then looking back up at my monitor, like it's, it's a very jarring difference. Yeah. So we'll see, but see, uh, display is fantastic. Uh, design feels nice. Keyboard is fine. Uh, webcam. Uh, it's kind of, it's, it's like, uh, if all you've been eating is like cheese, it's for a decade, um, getting, like some actual like a charcuterie plate is is very like it's it's very that again my, you're you jinx me on the analogies these all suck but the webcam is so much better than it used to be it's still not very good but like it looks okay so that's a huge step up speakers they made a big deal but they they still are not very good i i if if anything maybe sound worse i don't mm. know but yeah uh otherwise instant on and the battery life is reason enough for this $3,700 computer to have been worth it. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Cause, cause this year they or this generation. They really fuck you on the, on the storage and the, the Ram pricing. Right. Like I'm, I'm like, it feels like that's the worst it's ever been, but I'm fine with it because it's a good computer. It like, again, th- this is the last See, honest yeah. line of business that Apple's in. It's not services. It's not the extortion on the app store. They're selling you a good that you can make a decision on whether that's the right thing for you. And I feel like that's, that's okay. When it kind of seems like this is a computer now that you can get back into your cadence of like, this is going to last you. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I only had to rebuy like this. Oh, so I'm also like, yeah, I'm going to ship off my old computer tomorrow because I'm getting that the hell out of here as fast as I can before Intel max appreciate anymore. Um, yeah, like the only reason I replaced my old crappy butterfly MacBook Pro with basically the same thing, but with a functioning keyboard was because the keyboard got a little bit crunchy. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, I hope this is a computer I have for like a solid four to five years. Right. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a serial upgrader on the computer use. It's kind of like, and uh, I haven't listened to the talks in a long time, but Gruber always had a thing of like, you just buy, like you, you find, whenever you find that there's a computer you think you're going to like, you buy it, you spec it up as much as you can and you hope you use it till it dies. Yeah. yeah. All right. Was there any other Apple stuff this week? So we talked. Uh, new AirPods are good now. Series seven is good. iPhone thirteen is fine. New laptop seems really good, but more information to come. Correct. Yeah. Story TK. Okay. Um, what time are we at? 128. Okay, so we have one more thing that probably... Oh, actually, no, there's one more thing. Uh, like like Steve used to say. Uh, you... At a, oh! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, this, this goes into another topic, too, but um, you... At, was this at the same place? Well, so that that's part of, you know, 
just between you and I was a little bit funny about this story is that this is not something this same restaurant had like two weeks earlier. <laughs> so this is, well, a, this is like a brand new thing. But same point of sale system though. So like the two biggies in, at least in California are you either have your, your restaurant or your business running on square or you have it on what's called toast, which I used to always think was kind of like a, a weird, like, square knockoff or it was because they always used to use android tablets and i was like that always kind of struck me as strange but um yeah uh you posted some pictures of some receipts that had a was it a qr code or what was it yeah so get the get the receipt at this restaurant and there's a qr code on the receipt that says you know hey you can just pay right on your phone um if you scan this qr code and i i've done that before and when I've done it, it's, you know, brought up like Safari and it's just, you basically just do like a, an online payment. And I was expecting that to be what this thing did, but instead it brought up an app clip where it didn't take me to, um, Toast's website. It took me to, I guess you just refer to it as an app clip. Like it just, it brought me to the, you know, the version of their actual standalone app that I could just instantly use and not have to download, which is like the whole idea of app clips, which is something that Apple announced as what part of like iOS 14. Gosh, was it maybe even iOS 13? It was a while ago. Um, But it's just not something I had ever come across before and it it was really it was neat because you know it's it's just it's a smoother experience than using you know either mobile safari or having to download a full version of an app like because you you kind of you get the best of both worlds where you get the you know, efficiency and quickness that you'd get through mobile Safari, but you get the just overall nicer experience that you get from a native app compared to a web app. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, not breaking any news here by saying that, you know, native apps tend to be just a little bit nicer than, than working, you know, or doing something on the web. So yeah, it was, it was really, it was really neat. Like it kind of, it makes me wish I'd come across these app clips a little bit more often because it really is a nice experience. Yeah. Like I just scanned your QR code and while it did bring up the app clip, it didn't let me see any like the UI cause it was not open. Um, but yeah, that that's, that's interesting. Um, cause yeah, I, I haven't encountered one. Then it was introduced WWDC 2020 as part of iOS 14. Like, I haven't seen any in the past 15 months it's been available and that's, that's neat. And it's nice that that, um, anybody who is using the toast restaurant platform can introduce us without having to do some nonsense where they have to go like make their own white label application for iOS. Like that's, that's a, that's, that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's really neat. And this is like a perfect use case for it. Well, and this is the actual good part where like, I don't, I don't know how much you've been dining out, but like you have the whole like dumb QR code menus and stuff like that. Like you have all that stuff that sucks. But the one thing of where like, hey, let's like not have like an extended conversation or tra like trade like credit plastic credit cards and stuff like this is the one part that should be made QRified versus all the other stuff that for some reason in the pandemic is still stuck around where 
people just don't want to print menus or that whole thing is still there. The only small kind of hiccup with this experience, which is not really even an app clip specific thing, I guess it's more just this idea of, you know, paying for your, you know, restaurant tab with your phone instead of with your server is I wasn't sure exactly how it worked in terms of like our server being notified that I had paid. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I <laughs> I didn't want to just like up and walk and, you know, think that I dined and dashed or something. Um, so I just like awkwardly made it a point to like say thank you to the server as I was walking out to make it clear that I wasn't trying to sneak out or anything. I, I assume they just get like a notification or something, but because he, he did have like a little because I think like when you and I went there, didn't 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 our server have like a, a, a little tablet thingy that we use just to like pay via our credit cards. Mm -hmm. Like I think our server had that same thing. So maybe he got like a little notification when we paid. Mm -hmm. I assume that's how it works, but there wasn't, there wasn't any sort of like, Oh, actually wait, no, I'm looking at my payment complete screenshot that I sent you. And then the next sentence is your server will be notified of your payment. I missed that part. (laughs) So (laughs) I guess they did think about that and I just missed it. When you originally sent this a few or, or this weekend, I misread this as triple steak pancakes, which I don't know what that actually would have been. I don't know. Oh, you... Well, that's we might be onto something there. Um, what's farmer's flatbread? That was good. It was. Um, what is it? So it's it's sort of kind of like a breakfast pizza, I guess. Um, um, burrata, cheese, bacon. An egg, green onions. It was good. Hmm. Neat. It was. It was just like you know, it was a, a flatbread, but with breakfast ingredients on it. Yeah. All right, and then to round this out, I think there's mostly just a story that I want people to read about. Um. So Zillow and a couple other companies, but mostly Zillow, have gotten. Have you ever heard the term iBuyer before? No. So a lot of big tech companies, well, actually not a lot, but some large tech companies, mainly Zillow, had in the past year and a half when the housing market has gone crazy, and not that that's really subsided, but it has the rapid price increases and all the nonsense has slowed, started just buying houses for no reason. Or I mean, for, for the reason that they thought that as a company that gives you real estate listings, that they should also just try to become institutional investor flippers and you know houses should no longer be bought people shouldn't buy houses from people they should be bought by corporations and private equity and foreign like there's a whole lot of stuff where the less wholesome parts of the housing market seem to be part of what's maybe wrong with the lack of housing and, and the pricing and stuff but anyway so zillow started just buying houses in phoenix and you could just basically like go to your house listing on zillow and be like hey i want to sell and they'll just be like okay here here's a a wire transfer for seven hundred thousand dollars and be on your merry way and this was all being done by algorithms that were developed by zillow and uh scoop and bloomberg or sorry the no this was business insider uh 93 of the houses that zillow bought in phoenix 
it was now trying to sell at a loss because uh, guess what? It was a bad strategy and that was a bad thing for them to do. Um, and now all those houses that they bought, they are trying to bundle up and sell to institutional investors as opposed to, you know, people um, because they made such a massive mistake. And I think they took a $500 million write down. I forget how much, but I don't know. People should read about this and I've, it feels like a massive overstep on because like Zillow is a company that had a ton of goodwill and provided a very, very useful service to a lot of people. And then they stepped out of their lane as um, Claire Malone used to say. And eh, I don't know. You don't have to say anything, but like, I mean, cause I, I know you're, you're not super interested or up to date on the story, but why? Well, so why, so why, why, why is this happening to them? Because this, this Business Insider article that we'll link to in the notes says that, you know, like Phoenix home prices are way up. Because so they were paying why? way too much for them. Oh, okay. So because just, they, just these weren't literally being, the... These, off, these weren't offers being made by humans at Zillow. They're being like, hey, like, let's let's just buy this as a we... Like, it's, it's a company buying it, but like, we're making informed decisions. No, like, you would just go and sell your house to Zillow and they just thought, well, prices are never going to come down and they, whatever modeling that they had wasn't right. And now they're, this, this is the less favorable part. They're now laying off 2000 employees, taking a $500 million write down. Their stock's down like 15%. And why should a company be buying houses like that? This is similar to like when the financial crisis of 2008 happened and institutional landlords started buying up all the, um, foreclosed rental units and now everybody is getting their rental housing from corporations as opposed to people i don't know but like this this business insider article says that phoenix home prices are up 33 percent year over year it's like how much did zillow overpay for these houses by a ton i have there was another bloomberg link so yeah so here zillow seeks to and I'm out of free articles, so open Safari instead. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, oh, my God. I don't have an ad blocker in Safari. Zillow Group is, seek, is looking to sell 7,000 homes at seeks to recover from a fumble in high-tech home flipping, which should not be a phrase that exists. The company is... Like, that's that's the part that, like... It's like, well, who, what would people think if Facebook, sorry, Meta started buying houses in Palo Alto? Like just the company is seeking roughly $2.8 billion for the houses, which are being pitched to institutional investors. Again, not people uh, with the matter. Zillow will likely sell the properties to a multitude of buyers rather than packaging up in a single transaction who asked not to be named because it's private. <sighs> uh, seeks to recover from an operational stumble that saw it buy too many houses with many being listed for less than they paid. Uh, again, it, this is a, a self-own and really dumb, and uh, the United States housing market is is, is very, very, um, has a lot of opportunity, as some people would say. Mm -hmm. So interesting articles. People should go read them. Um, but yeah. You got anything else or chef specials? I think that's all I've got. All right. What Amazon link do you have us for? This I've week? got a I've got a Best Buy link Ooh, for you. Could it be purchased at Amazon though? Probably. Okay. You know. 
Um, so we've hmm. talked about Wemo smart plugs in the past. You know, Carlos, we're gearing up for the for, for the holidays here at the front front wall household, and you know you can't you can't think of the holidays in this house without thinking of uh, smart plugs because that's kind of the one time a year that <laughs> that I use them. And so I'm kind of trying to get ahead of the game this year because, as I discovered last year, these things these things start to get kind of hard to find around the holidays because presumably I'm I'm not the only one hooking up all their holiday lights to these things. And um, I've talked in the past about the Wemo smart plugs and and what I really like about them, which I've mentioned before is that they integrate with both HomeKit and Amazon's lady in a can, which is pretty unusual for smart home stuff to integrate with both of those systems. And it's really convenient to, to being able to hook into those two systems. And I've, I've talked about that before. But the one thing with the Wemo plugs, at least the ones that I have, is that they are, they're enormous. They're huge, like kind of comically large. And the, the other thing that was not ideal about the, the ones that I had is that they were the first version where, where they didn't have HomeKit originally, but HomeKit got added later when Apple like basically created this way where manufacturers of smart home stuff could sort of like retrofit home kit into devices or like make it all kind of like software based i guess and so these these wemo switches that i had sort of got a home kit update you know at some point either around the time i bought them or i don't know sometime after they were originally manufactured i guess but that meant that the home kit setup was a little bit fiddly and once you got it set up it worked pretty well but it just it wasn't like this seamless home kit experience that you're used to well like except if you have an august smart lock um, or most home kit experience <laughs> well actually no I, I find the setup process for home kit to, to usually be pretty good well no, the setup um, process the it's the after part well yeah um so anyway the at some point um wemo or is it did you say it was belkin that that makes these things they do is that the demo is um, their smart home brand got it um at, at some point they came out with with a new version of these smart plugs which are probably about a third of the size of the ones that i have or they're kind of like the size you'd expect them to be and they have home kit built you know right out of the box and so i've i've kind of turned over we, we talked about turning over kitchen stuff recently i'm, I'm kind of turning over my smart plugs here and and moving towards these you know much more compact newer version um of the of the wemo plugs for the holidays here neat yeah no i remember when you when i was asking for recommendations on how to fix my weird casper glow light problem uh this is what i think you nudged me towards and i, and I have this exact same set and they're good except when I was setting up the new iPhone. The Wemo app forgot the names of all the outlets, so now I don't know which one's my espresso machine or which one is the Casper Glowlight. And also, actually recently, whenever I ask uh, Alexa to turn on the espresso machine, she says she can't do it. So I there, think that I think there's a problem with these six months after you've owned them. But there, There's also, if, if you look... So, I mean, never read the comments, but... If you look at the comments of the Wemo lady in a can skill, 
and I, I've actually been experiencing this. I've, I've had some Halloween lights connected to some of these recently. And apparently there's been some update where that whole setup has become much less reliable. And that's, that, that's what I've experienced too. So, so hopefully that's something they'll get sorted out here because normally that's worked pretty well for me in the past, but it's been a bit, yeah, it's been a bit unreliable recently. Yeah. But yeah, congrats. These are cool. Yeah, but they these are, you know, I think the Wemo stuff in general kind of is in the same class as like the Philips Hue stuff where it's smart home stuff that is definitely not perfect, but it's 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 of much higher quality than most smart home stuff is. Mm. I'm looking at some of these Best Buy product reviews. Somebody has one of theirs named Beach Room. I don't know what that what, what does that even mean? Um uh my pick i haven't had a media pick in a while i don't think you would like this show but maybe you would um it is a an h it's a max original Mm. called the other two it is a i think it's an eight or ten episode comedy series that was originally on comedy central and then was revived or expanded when it went to hbo max and uh yeah it's uh, like a tight it has no ads it's like a tight 20 minutes an episode uh it's very quick and because hbo max uh i cannot figure out how to turn off the autoplay thing i somehow watched like five episodes on monday and yeah it's very very funny the premise is that two struggling late 20s folks uh suddenly find that their kid brother is a like instagram like music sensation he makes a uh song called uh, i want to marry you at recess it's very much a justin biebery thing but anyway it's it's a very funny show that's like smart and like adult humor but not in the um like judd apatow kind of way which is kind of where that sometimes goes anyway um would probably recommend anybody give it two episodes and if you don't like it turn it off but otherwise you might end up watching the whole entire thing so yeah And it's free with HBO Max, like all the movies from this year.